0: weekly discussion about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much
1: hey y'all it's five o'clock on monday and we are stealing beer i'm augie carton
0: Hey, I'm John Hall. Brian Cass is there in the background, and this is probably the last you're going to hear from the two of us uh, because (laughs) Augie is so excited about today's accomplice that nobody else is going to get a word in edgewise, including our accomplice uh, himself. So, Mr. Carton, please take it away.
1: Well, what's funny is my version of this joke was you can tell we have a very, very important guest because Cass has actually plugged in and on for the first time in about three and a half years. So you can tell he wanted to show up for this one. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Yeah, I've already I'm already sipping on beer one, John, and it's good. Um, all right. So allow me to introduce. So Mr. Patrick Rue of the brewery and a couple other things. I'm not wrong. This is Patrick's first time on the show, right?
0: On, on I the show. So. He's, he, he's on been on my show. show a couple of times. Oh, okay. But yeah.
1: Okay. Well, but he's been part of our conversation for the whole eight years. So I don't think he needs an introduction. but Patrick Rue of the brewery and many other projects around the world. How are you? My good man.
2: I'm doing awesome. How are you guys?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, So, yeah, John's right. This is one of those where (laughs) I can talk about anything you want to talk about. So it's probably better off I ask you. But if I was going to be like the one thing I'd like to hash out over a couple beers with Patrick or these days is one. One of the things that annoys me with the. The. Boringness of the conversation of milkshake stouts are good or bad versus what's good in them and what's bad in them and what can we learn and what can we make better and all that always starts at a timeline that isn't with you and some of the amazing fuckery you've been doing for all of the 12 years I've been brewing. And I think I've boiled that down in my head to you do a thing that if I was trying to do carton branding on top of the idea would be you augment rather than adjunct. And you seem to be adding things to play with flavors that could exist, whether they were there or not. And I guess I want to start with, do you see what I'm saying? And what's your process been like over all the years you've been doing that, right? Because seven years ago when I was like, how the fuck do I get more peanut butter flavor into a beer without buying peanut butter flavoring? I called you and you said, just put more peanut flour in and spin it out. I was like, oh, that worked. Thanks, Patrick. But so in a world where people are all way kind of over-steroiding the brewery approach to big, impactful flavors, talk about how you got where you are and have you backed off or gone deeper as you've been doing it for a while?
2: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Um, I kind of look at it both ways. I guess it depends on what you're trying to achieve in a beer, but... um... You know, sometimes you'll have a base beer that's so wonderful, and you can add an ingredient to make it even more wonderful. But it doesn't, you know, it the your approach isn't to um, create something that's emulating a dessert or you know some sort of baked item. Um, so there's that approach, and um, I I personally prefer that that approach. Um, it's not, you know, it's it's avoiding uh, being gimmicky. Um, but, uh, and there's a little bit less of a, like a goal that you need to hit, or, you know, the, the, your customer isn't going to be like, well, it doesn't taste like this dessert. So, you know, it's not, it didn't, you know, yeah, it didn't uh, do what it set out to do. Um, and then on the alternative, if you, you know, trying to nail the flavors of, you know, trying to create something in beer format that, um, kind of replicates the flavor that you might have in a, in a, you know, dessert or milkshake format. Yeah, I think that's that's an achievement too. If you can really uh, nail that. Um, remember, once we made a beer called Literacola Cola that uh, was. I've got it. You know, I've
1: got it in the <laughs> basement.
2: <laughs> nice. Wonder how that's tasting.
1: <laughs> I've got it. I, that's so. That I don't want to distract from what you're saying. Please finish Leader Cola. But that's part of yeah. it. When people are like, "Why do you hold Patrick's beers as long as you does it? like, "Because I don't believe they fall out. I don't believe it's flavoring. I think it's flavors, and I like to see where they fucking go. So if I could get two bottles, one was
2: meant to hold for eight years. Anyway,
1: go back to what you're yeah. saying about Leader Cola. But that's what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah. So that one was made to emulate Coke, uh, yeah, and, uh, people, you know, Coca-Cola, and people, yeah. Customers are like, yeah, it tastes exactly like Coca Cola, but like I hate it. Why would I? <laughs> I don't want that. You know, I spent ten bucks or fifteen bucks or whatever for your beer, and I could have just bought a Coke for a dollar fifty. Like, what's what's the point? See, I
1: still got beer on it though. And these yeah. days, do you feel like do you feel like so that beer's got to be nine or ten years ago, eight years ago? Yeah, it's how long ago? Yeah, yeah,
2: say so eight to ten years ago.
1: So these days, if you made it again, do you think this set of complaints would be it doesn't taste enough exactly like Coca-Cola? You said it would and it doesn't because that's the one that always kills me. Like I'm always trying to make a beer that suggests, not a copy of. You know what I mean?
2: Sure. I think if we marketed it as a a seltzer and uh, put it in a can and had an approachable price, uh, it would probably be embraced. But in a yeah. seven fifty with you know, it was a, it was a really expensive beer to make. Even though it you know it came out to be a, a, a replica of Coke. Um, yeah, you know, it was probably a twelve dollars seven fifty. It just didn't quite <laughs> meet the format that people were. Dude, how could
1: anybody afford that these days when it's seven dollars a pint in the store when cans? Um, oh my gosh! All right, let me ask you. This. So, but seriously, and so we anybody who listens to the show knows that I get very kind of if it's how I came to know it, it becomes a rule for me. And that's a flaw in my own thinking. But so it's, it's like, at one point, I was sure you were going to be mad at the Sumerians for only making a seven day week as you were varianting Tuesday. Um, but so as I see all these people now talking a about sentence. all these, what?
0: That was a great sentence, but anyway, please <laughs> continue. On.
1: But uh but you know so that was the first time I really remember somebody doing like okay I've got this amazing beer everybody's super excited about it's got all these levels of flavor in and I'm going to throw this in a play up that side I'm going to throw in this in a play up that side and I remember them being organic to what was on there like even if it was well it tastes so much like chocolate it might be fun with peanut butter you know what I mean but So we could talk about that, but more as people come along nowadays and like, well, we already had this brand, so we had to make a Mexican, you know, Mexican coffee version of it because that's what they're drinking now. Or we had to make a, you know, but what I'm saying is for me, it always feels like they're just following a path I knew from you as you were fleshing out what stouts already do. And especially for me, I've always liked your kind of barley wheat wine games a lot more than stouts because nobody ever really did that. Right. All they ever did was just add Starbucks syrups to barley wines. (laughs) Um, But so, you know what I mean? So are you ever like, I don't want to say you should be angry on this show. You should never, you should never yuck someone's yum, but are you ever like, God damn it. I did that 13 years ago. Why is Augie asking me about it today? (laughs)
2: <laughs> um no not really i i think um you know when we started or when the brewery started there was so much um so many things that hadn't ever been done um and it was just a wide open field of different ingredients that you know you, you were kind of like a uh felt like you were a pioneer at the time um
1: or mm-hmm.
2: today everything's kind of been done and um i think that's Uh, Kind of anticlimactic because you know the industry is so different than what it was, Um, but I can go and look and see what works from other people's experiences. Um, I think now you know I think you have an opportunity to look and see what what works for consumers and sorry I don't like calling them consumers customers, and um, we call them thieves. so I think the the experimentation in in a lot of ways has been completed, and um, we can see what you know what's truly really worked and what does not work, and I think that's why there's you know a handful of styles being being brewed every day, and um, you know things are becoming a little bit more uh, more narrow to what people's taste buds are, and there's less like let's see if this works if that makes right. sense.
1: I get that let so let's dial this way, and I'll talk even in terms of advice I've already mentioned that you gave me years ago, but is there a technique that you've honed in on over the 12 years for a similar outcome? So we'll talk in terms of peanut butter, but when I wanted to put peanut butter in a porter 12 years ago, and my original brewer brew partner, Jesse, was like, the fat will destroy the beer, I went out and found PB2 um health food additive added it and we were getting there but it wasn't stepping up and i knew you were getting incredible you know peanut extraction so that's why i reached out to you and you said get peanut flour put it in and then spin it out in the centrifuge and it'll do that and that definitely took it to the next level but this day and age i just assume when i get real things that actually taste like peanut butter people have just bought you know, Starbucks coffee, peanut syrup, and added it to their beer at canning. Um, And again, I'm not mad at that. There's times where I think that's the right thing to do if you're trying to fool around in one way versus trying, I just don't think that lasts, right? I believe that falls out. If you want your beer to be a amazing flavor, you need to cook it into the flavoring. You can't pour it on top at the end. Um, But that's me in my opinion. My question for you is, so when I came to you seven years ago and you gave me that advice, is there any technique along the way that you've done consistently? Like, oh, this is a better way to do it. This is a better way to do it. This is a better way to do it. And what were those steps along the way?
2: Yeah, it really depends on what that that flavor is. But since we're using peanut butter as an example. um, um, So I think developing your malt base, developing the beer around what's going to, you know, best showcase that peanut butter flavor that goes into creating, you know, nutty flavors uh, with, you know, what kind of toasted malts that you're choosing. Um, and uh, ringwood, you know, and ringwood for the butter. Anyway, go on. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and what, you know, what sort of <laughs> other flavors are going to complement that peanut butter um, that you want to get through? And then when you go to actually add the peanut butter, you know, with, um, the PB2 is a great product. um but you might find that PB2 plus plus some peanut you know butter extract will get you to you know to where you're looking for. And it feels a little bit like cheating to ever use an extract, but but there is a a really good place for them. Sometimes natural ingredients don't taste like what you think they taste like. You know the uh, PB2. You know if you had to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich out of it, like you know give me the real shit. I don't want this. Well, it's, it doesn't it- it doesn't taste the same.
1: It's funny you say that. So a local brewery who we both love and love to get shit to recently put out a Snickers beer. And he he claims something in the advertising that he did something like unwrap, you know, 10 million size Snickers and throw them in the tank. And when I read those words, I understand how that attracts a certain person. But I was like, but chocolate, you know, like you need to cut each one to expose the insides or all you're adding to that thing is chocolate, right? The beer's not going to eat through the... Chocolate coating. So, what did you really do, or did you actually do the work of peeling and slicing? You know what I mean. So that's right. the, when you say if you just throw the thing in, it almost never tastes right. If you just throw a Snickers bar into a beer, you're getting a little bit of milk chocolate flavoring, right? All right, John Hall, stop killing me. We will talk about beer one. Hmm. Uh, what brings us together on Steel the is A candid conversation of beer and what it's doing not how hard it was to get or what we were told it would do to facilitate that. We drink blind out of opaque glasses. Patrick has these beers because we've yes. been trying to get this show together for four weeks. So not only do we have these beers, Justin mailed them weeks ago. They've been sitting in my fridge. I just pulled out a artisanally foil wrapped 16 ounce can with a number three on it, poured mm-hmm. it on my black glass. And I am almost out of beer.
0: Yeah. Same. Before you start to share your tasting notes, I would love for Patrick to go first on this one. I'm fine with that.
2: Well, since we're talking about peanut butter so much, I'm like picking up a little bit of peanut butter, which is really interesting.
1: (laughs) I I, I couldn't tell if the beer was pushing me there or I was pushing the beer there. but Peanut skins
0: and yeah.
1: No, not being yeah. careful. Careful on this show when I say peanut skins. We're talking goose, and this is clearly and I,
0: and I'm, and a I'm,
1: very dignified, well-behaved little brown beer. But and I heard Patrick a... say,
0: yeah, so let's, keep, let's okay, let Patrick shush. keep going. You shush. Patrick, you go.
2: Yeah, kind of toasted brown bread. Get a little saltiness, or like a, kind of an umami character. Mm. Yeah. Um, comes across you know pretty pretty dry, but still has like some sweetness, uh, sweeter characteristics, but uh, Dry, very easy drinking, lighter, lighter in body. Paul, are
0: you
1: getting a little bit of diacetyl? Is that why you're pushing it off on us?
0: No, no, no. Uh, I, there's, if if I'm getting a tiny little bit,
1: I'm getting a tiny little bit, but I think appropriate. The problem is, so in my head, and Patrick, I'm doing a thing we always tell people not to do. I'm not trying to identify the beer, but when I first smelled it and tasted it, I wanted it to be a Dortmunder. And I can't even remember the last time I had a Dortmunder, you know what I mean? But when I tasted it, I was like, oh, those are the flavors I think are in Dortmunder when I read them. But the more I drink it, it's got little tiny bit of slickness, but I think appropriate to what would be like a, a bitter or a brown or a porter. And mostly I'm just losing myself in what you were talking about. Those kind of chocolatey malt notes and, just a tiny little bit of sweetness to them in an aspect but it's in no way a sweet or you know what i mean it's just it's a pub beer right like yeah that's what a, it, that's this that's, is a
0: pub beer that's where i was going in my mind like i want a good burger with this i want a pub beer like a sunday roast something uh because it's very light It it's it it has all of that brown bread that that patrick was talking about it has those characteristics um but it is it, it's really light on my palate and easy drinking. Like I I can go. It you know we're recording this in mid September where it's a hundred degrees out right now. Uh, I could very easily drink this in the backyard as refreshments, um, or you know pair with a good burger right off the grill. Like that's that's where I want to be with this.
1: Patrick, do do beers like this exist out west enough? Like this feels very East Coast to me. Or obviously, it feels very East Coast by way of Great Britain to me. Do, do people make yeah. little brown beers out there enough for you to drink them in dimple mugs regularly?
2: No. Oh, yeah, I was just thinking before you said that, like, I haven't had a beer like this in quite some time, probably since I was, like, you know, judging beer competitions. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I feel,
1: like, I feel like if you were judging a homebrew competition when I opened, everybody would try to give you a beer that tastes like this, and it never would. Right, right.
0: <laughs> That's, yeah, um, I dig it. Cass, what, what are we having? You are drinking good word quantum. Oh, no shit. Immortality English style porter, four percent ABV. That's uh, everything you said and more. Uh, good. Ch- Do you have ex- it, Cass? Of course, I don't. Oh, it's wow. so
1: fucking so good, Justin. and we yes. drank and the last can. It's nice so good top. and expertly nice canned. Top. Yeah, you could tell you could tell this you was can canned tell. with care canned and time. with love
0: and reverence. <laughs>
1: Somebody and... took their time canning this, they paid attention. It wasn't just zipped through a machine. Yeah. Patrick, the joke we're making is Cass recently asked John and I how to reach out to this brewery to can their beer. So the fact that we have a can of their beer in front of us is an opportunity uh, neither one of us can
0: pass up. Yeah, it's just a little too good to <laughs> tweak tweak Cass. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure. Todd, a good word will have a nice chuckle as he listens to this. Yes. So,
1: so Patrick, um, let's let's pivot this into. So I've been a fan of yours forever, which makes me hyper aware of what you do. So I might be a little too dialed in, but you you definitely are. I, I don't know. It sound I don't want this to sound trite, but you always struck me as the the Caligione of California, right? Where you were out there making big, boisterous beers for fair money in bottles for people that wanted them and not, you know, not chasing whatever. But I also remember you being a guy with you know breaking paths a lot that haven't all panned out. I remember at some point, and I never made it, so it might be my fault, but did, you opened a DC store that's no longer around, right? And at some point, yep. you know, so so let's talk about that. What over Well, the, to be over... fair, the,
0: the DC spot closed after Patrick left that company.
1: Is that right? So I didn't even know that. I yeah. just
0: so for I me it's on to for that. Yeah. No, but you know what
1: yeah. I mean? I just I just <laughs> it was Patrick working just fine this. when he was there. Yeah. But what I mean <laughs> is Patrick did this, I need to go there, and then I'm like, wait, it's not there. This isn't me asking what went wrong in the shop. I just mean you've you've definitely been willing to go down new paths and try new things the whole way along. And paths at some point I don't think you saw yourself going down like canning, like hoppy loggers, like things like that. So in your, your breadth of experience and experimentation in 12 years, is there anything you're, you're totally shocked worked as well as it did or totally shocked didn't work like you thought it would kind of, th- you know what I mean? Like, like you've done everything. Yeah. So what, what can you teach me and John about the best things to do and the worst things to do in that, that breadth of experience?
2: I'm still shocked that you called me the uh, the Sam of uh, the West Coast. So I'm not, really? not as good looking, not as charismatic, you know, not as well, not as, not as, as wealthy. No.
1: Patrick, I have so many. <laughs> I'm not I Sam. So it, in fairness, I've been around when Augie has called Sam, the
0: Patrick Rue of the East Coast. So, so to be fair, it's John uh, yeah. has
1: watched me react to both of you, I'm and I, I see it as exactly <laughs> the same good looking.
0: At exactly the same Christmas, do you
1: you probably don't remember of any of this shit? It doesn't matter, but there was like, like at you know Extreme Beer Fest 2013, we were next to you, and you reached in, and I missed this point, but I came back, and my brewer Jeremy was giddy and doing a happy dance, and I was like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Patrick Crew just asked for another boat. He likes boats. And he was literally doing some weird hippie fish. Those dance of you keeping score at
0: home. So, yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah.
1: but so, well, I, so, I love so beers, that was so. a moment. And then there was the time John and I were in Colorado. We went to one of your events and I met Mitch Steele. Like you, you've been, you've been along the way for carton brewing quite some time, man, but I don't, I know what you're saying, but for me, it's the same exact thing. Anyway, go on. You were saying with your experiences.
2: Yeah. You know, um, I guess things that i wish worked better were um are kind of beer wine hybrids i think you know i love beer and i love wine and I've, you know made made both of them and i kind of kind of understand it a little bit better now after making wine for a few years but um just being able to you know intersect those two worlds is really interesting to me and i think it's really difficult um to to achieve in a good way but um Um, yeah, I always just find it so challenging trying to get the subtleties and the, um, kind of those like tertiary notes of wine that are, you know, the the, more of the earthiness, more of the spice, those kind of things. Like, you know, you can get big, big jammy fruit into a beer and that's great. You can get that through the grapes, but getting those kind of those more subtle things that, um, um, you know, or even hard to achieve in good wine. Um that's always been a huge challenge. And then, you know, things that uh have worked extraordinarily well. Um, well, I think just I ignored IPAs for so long and um just tried to very consciously not make that part of uh the business at the brewery when I was there. And um then when we finally did, it was just like that was really stupid to not have done these. You know, we could have grown a lot faster <laughs> if we did. <laughs> Do you know like that were you, story was more interesting you know did by you not doing that for a while was that a was that like a
1: zen of brewing and motorcycle maintenance thing, or were you not personally a fan of IPAs along the way you know what i mean like was it Patrick who doesn't drink IPAs so he doesn't think he needs to make them or he tries to make longer term less immediate project you know what i mean
2: yeah because at which, that time which, I just felt like I had nothing to add to the to the IPA conversation. There was some great West Coast the, IPAs.
1: Did that change as the IPA conversation blew up? Was that in the days of the subtle differences between Racer 5 and Green Flash and then when everybody started doing everything to IPA you were like, "Oh, it's time
2: to fuck around." Yeah, I think once weird shit started going into IPAs and that was okay and even you know, embraced. Um, I was like, okay, now's our now's our turn. <laughs> if you can make you know a fruited IPA. We can
1: we can do this. Nice, yeah, That's like cool. exactly right. So now now there's now we're in my wheelhouse, right now. Now we're at the spice rack. Um, right. I hate to, I hate to jump right into beer too. I usually like to gap this out, especially when we have a guest such as yourself. But I think <sighs> beer two needs a ton of attention. So let me start for the thieves with beer two is essentially a red bull can right it's that Ah. long slim whatever and for some reason i didn't have anxiety approaching it because i thought it would just be like some six points (laughs) old ipa (laughs) but bengal tiger yeah but it's like but i think i think Kennedy knew we were going to have you on Patrick and he selected both of these for you. One, I think he sent you a very good, very unique East coast brewery, simple, mild in the good word beer. And then this one, I think he pulled out like, I don't know if there's something about it. That's like Christmas spicy. It's definitely in my brain. It's all Maris super sweet huge booze like this is this is this is is like the the stagger kind of. this has to be somewhere around 15 16 percent like like are you drinking beer too and being like oh i could put some nutmeg in here for sure like like you know what i mean like this this feels like a barley wine you would fuck with so i think kennedy was thinking of you when he bought it but and i don't want to say it's a barley wine because it feels more like a winter warmer or christmas beer to me you know what I mean, like I'm getting a lot of spice box on it, a lot of I don't know, like clovey cinnamon, even maybe a little cumin dryness on it. Not that they were added, but in the in the fermentation profile. But yeah. if this was if this was somebody gave fifty sacks of Maris to a quad brewer, I'd be like, Oh, that makes sense.
2: Which you get like ce- yeah. I feel like I've Patrick. reached the center of the Titsy Roll Pop.
0: Can't yeah, exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. Thank you, fucking a right three licks. Oh, <laughs> I'll I'll give us notes. No, I
0: want to I want to hear from Patrick.
2: Mm. Yeah, I definitely. Have like a flavor. I have a flavor memory of this beer, so I have a guess, but I'm not. I won't guess it. But um, yeah, very viscous. It just really yeah. um, sits very heavy on the palate, and then when you when you take a sip, it's just it continues it continues rolling around on my tongue. I love your
1: tootsie roll note. Good call. Yeah, Mm.
2: yeah, it's kind of like a carob, like not quite chocolate, but you know, carob caramel sort of quality to it. Yeah, Um, maybe like a hint of nuttiness, but more more like from oxidation nuttiness.
1: So my fear of guessing—not that I think I would guess, but I've definitely never had a beer in this shape and size can that tastes like this right like I'm, I'm afraid yeah so the thing is somehow i think uh 12 or be united has Justin it on the payroll so every now and then we just get a classic european beer in a bullshit 16 ounce can so this may be one of their beers but but this i
0: don't know man this doesn't feel american to me right um yeah, this is it's an interesting uh, can format. Uh, there's been there's that push for a little while for those uh, eight ounce stubby cans, and I feel like this would be good for that. Um,
1: I can do that for you. Wait, you can do the eight ounce stubbies, or you can do the slips. Oh, yeah, I can do it all. all right. can do it all. He can.
0: He can all put right. your cans into green glass if you want to. I'm jealous. Um, I don't, I'm
1: jealous I don't have this right now actually. I'd love to. This is, to dude, this it is further. this is This is if Hurricane Lee rolls in like it's supposed to tonight, I'm going to be real happy I can't drive. I'm going to send Lauren <laughs> out for for bread and milk right now and
0: just finish this can and go to bed um this
1: is this is nap sauce man this yeah no
0: this is this is this is exactly <laughs> the wrong time of day to be drinking this beer and poor patrick is recording this uh you know, yeah patrick, on a patrick Friday you're morning. drinking
1: this at like 11 your time right oh jesus
0: christ i'm sorry buddy yeah clear <laughs> right. clear, clear your calendar um no yeah. patrick is a responsible a responsible gentleman he yeah but he patrick does si- this logs
1: yeah. in a snifter at 11 p.m
0: this should this is not a sunup
1: beer. Unless I guess Patrick, what's it like? Cause you this is definitely in the Patrick Rue creative wheelhouse as far as body sweetness and alcohol profile goes. What's it like to be a brewer that probably has to taste stuff like this quite regularly at like eight AM?
2: Uh well it's been a few years since I've been since I've uh, had to do sensory and <laughs> usually do sensory early in the morning. That's when your palate's most uh that's most eager to pick out flavors, um, you know I uh, I love sensory days, but I try to like plan nothing after that. It's like oh, let's go have a nice big lunch and like you know leave at three PM. Um, yeah. so that definitely gets in the way of getting stuff done. But if you can do sensory and then blending in the same day, it's kind of like that could be like your your drunk day. That's yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. Let so, me ask you a question before we
0: before we before we do the days, reveal. Yeah.
1: Let me ask you a question. So say you went up somewhere in your Rick house, pulled some nails, found this sitting in a barrel. Where does your brain want to take it further?
2: Well, I the answer I can too. be I
1: don't. The answer can be I don't. But, you know, I mean, this thing to me feels like like all of what would you do spices... to add
0: some rue wizardry? Is what he's yeah, asking. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because all the spices it's suggesting to me makes me want to spice it further. But I'm wondering what it's doing on your palate, especially since you went to the tootsie roll sweetness side of it, whereas I went to the kind of yeast side of it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I guess I'd want to blend in, I don't know, maybe like five percent of like a a darker barley wine. Just to amp up those caramel sort of notes, I feel like the the tootsie roll pop is delicious, but it's kind of a single flavor, or it's yep. like a flavor that you know you connect with something, but like you you would think that's kind of a simple candy. Like what what can, what can we do to kind of bump up the um was you know the caramel uh, complexity of it? Um, but I would drink it and I'd be like, damn, that's this is really good. What 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 do we do? <laughs> Somebody give me the notes. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. But it's funny when you said that I was also envisioning, you know, all the seven fifties from the brewery versus this can, right? Like, like if you were going to make a seven fifty of this, I think, well, I don't know. I don't want to tell anybody to do their business. Cause this is a lovely beer. I think this beer is super pretty, and I think they did a great job. I don't want anybody to think, I'm not saying that, but but if there were 750 of this and the three of us were going to split it together at a table, I think it does need to do more than it's doing. But in this little can, like, hey, guys, night's over. Let's split this three ways. It can be just that kind of tight little tootsie package. Anyway, let's move on from this. Well, uh, so, gonna so, Tell us what we're drinking.
0: No, wait, hang on. Before you do that, because Patrick – with his palate and I've been around while he's been tasting beers before. And you said that this brought a particular, uh, flavor memory back. We don't often guess on the show, but I feel like if anybody knows how to do it, it would be you. So one, what's, what's your guess.
1: And it's okay to tell how to fuck off. Cause you don't want to be wrong. Sure. But
0: if you're willing,
1: <laughs> if you're willing to take the risk, it's a fun game to play.
2: Yeah. So, you know, around, uh, Around Halloween time, is the time you know when. That's when the large liquor stores start filling up with all the uh, holiday holiday beers. So uh, you know, Anchor Christmas is one of those beers that I pick out every year. And you know when uh, Dogfish Head was distributed here, the, the Pumpkin Ale and those kind of things. And one of those beers was um, that I pick out every year is uh, Santa Claus from um, Aust- an Aust- Austrian brewery. And uh, oh, only. Yeah. At the time, it only came in like a four pack. It was like a, you know, I could, I enjoy having like one or two of these a year, but like four of them uh, of and then amongst all the other beers I want to, you know, want to be drinking, uh, I would always have like a few left over in my fridge till like March or April. That um, so <laughs> <I, laughs> so it's it. like a beer that I that I love and I look forward to, uh, but it's also like so in my memory that if I think about the beer, I can taste it
0: without drinking it. I all right, that so that's amazing. Are you guys ready tell for me it? If, are, Yeah, are you, is it that beer? If, he revealed the beer, damn it. Like <laughs> He literally... He Cass, literally had, Cass, had, Cass had one job, and you took it away yeah, from you him. Just I'm from, sorry. But, 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 but can tell me about on. this
1: beer? Because I still don't... Even though Patrick's told me, I don't know what it is. So I'm going to open it. What is... All right, so that says that's Sammy Klaus? Klaus, Sam is Klaus classic, from, from a brewery from Australia. Wait, British you're saying Wait, San- hold on. You just made a mistake, because I was trying to figure out what it said when you said that. And it's definitely Sammy e. Klaus, right? You said Sam-itch, because it looks like it's S-A-M-I-C-H, and then Klaus. So that's the Klaus. Is it N? Is that an
0: N? Mm-hmm. No, explain to me it. what's the no, beer sammy
2: klaus but I'm, sammy I'm klaus sure classic
0: a... brewed once a year on december 6th then aged 10 months before bottling Where in this case what is it hand. though it is a it is a double bock, but then the can says triple bock on it so oh so sammy is a
1: joke about sam adams triple bock?
2: no like,
0: Again, it's like a santa claus like it's a christmas beer
1: but why would you make that an m nobody makes that an m in any language
0: Go to Austria and knock yeah. on the door. I'm They'll know end. who you are, um, and you can have a conversation with you.
1: <laughs> but, but is it spiced? <laughs> is it? Is it just multiple barrels yeah. blended? Like what? Why is it a triple Bok,
0: Right. The the triple Bok
1: joke was the barrel aging of a double Bok,
0: right? So this
1: well, is this it's it's a, it. Was known stunning.
2: as the world's strongest lager for a long time.
0: Okay. Um, it says fourteen percent on the can. Yeah. I'll Jesus. Yeah. I would have guessed higher. <laughs> yeah.
2: My my cheeks are bright red right now. Fuck. Mm. Stammy Krause. Like, given its proximity to Germany, it's probably you know Reinheitskebat generally, or you know, there's yeah. probably no spices added or anything. That's amazing I, though. Then so I think so it's, it's all like, stainless age too. Oh wow.
1: So it really is like a proper Belgian quad just in a lager fermentation box. That it's man, that's beautiful.
0: Augie's Augie's getting ready for Christmas 2024
1: right now. Dude, I I might have to drink the rest of this can till Christmas. I'm getting quickly quickly lit up by this thing. This is. Do you remember? Right. Well, triple wait, Bach? then wait, while you wait, still wait, have, while you still Patrick, have, do your, you have yeah. any triple back memories from your youth? Because I bought it like at a counter, like it was a pack of certs back in 94. Sam Adams triple Buck. Yeah, and yeah. it it really did blow me away the first time, but mostly because it was like port. Um, do, so do you exciting remember you that one of
2: those the, Yeah, so exciting when you open one of them and the cork doesn't like stay in the bottle. You know, it doesn't like...
1: <laughs> yeah, when it comes yeah. out.
2: <laughs> it took like almost no effort to have like the cork rip on you.
1: Yeah, um, that plastic cap cork mm-hmm. hybrid thing. Well what's one of those right. beers for you? What's one of those Patrick Rue you know sees the horizon beers along the way? What 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 led you to Black Tuesday? You know,
2: very it's something very similar to uh, Sam Adams triple buck is the um the Ut- utopias. So that was at least how we went about fermenting Black Tuesday was um from some conversations that you know, we got to know or got to have some friends at uh, Sam Adams that worked in their kind of R and D facility and right outside of Boston, and they made all the all the Utopias there and kind of explained the fermentation process. And I was like, well, I'm trying to make up you know this big stout. Can you can you give me some tips?" Oh, yeah. uh, so I really credit them for uh, for that. Um, I, I love that beer. I love when a beer could be still. And it doesn't, you know, wouldn't wouldn't necessarily associate it as a beer if uh, um, if you tasted it blindly and, you know, you had ports and, you know, sweet cherries around you. That's um, crazy.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Anyway. All right. So let's get
1: back to you. What what's what's your passion project at the moment? Where's where's your head? completely focused on these days and it can be anything it doesn't have to be a beer but what what's giving you the most pleasure creatively at this point
2: why right now i'm in construction on a um on the smallest brewery i've ever had it's a part of my house i moved back to southern california a few months ago um and uh bought a house that has a has a barn on the same property and the city here um before I bought the house, I, um, you know, I asked if I could open a, whole, a home-based business that's a brewery, and uh, they came back and said, "Oh, sure, that's great." So I bought the house and going you know through the middle of construction here, and um, so sorry, it's not quite a passion project. so I'm not making anything yet, but it's one of the tell you what, what will be my future passion project if it ends up getting actually permitted. How, and how so,
1: and how how big barrel wise and how many vessels is this? R&D Brewery at your home?
2: It's a three and a half barrel system. And then it'll concentrate on um, wood aging. A lot of that happening in um, stainless tanks. So I have 20 stainless tanks that are about seven barrels each. Um, where I'll be kind of creating or uh, taking barrels apart, uh, planing them and kind of re to a... Oh. To a new flavor profile and even like smoking um smoking staves to get you know across a smoked beer instead of smoking them all.
0: <gasps> John quick. I said that I'm, audio.
2: I...
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all route here, all, all the time. Beer all all yeah. the
1: time.
2: Yay,
1: yeah. smoky ham water. Anyway.
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just doing kind of screwing around so a little bit. I brought, so I brought, that's
1: and that's clearly down the same rabbit hole you've been going down forever right is there what What do you so since you're not doing it yet since you haven't had huge success or huge failure either way yet if you had to pick a thing you'd like to accomplish on this canvas what where do you where do you see yourself going
2: That's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. Um, well, the way I think about it is I can, I can live in this house for the rest of my life. I can have this, um, this brewery that I don't pay rent on. And so if I, if I, if one year I don't feel like making anything, like you can just go ahead and do that. And I don't feel like I'm like wasting every month when you have, when you're paying, when you have payroll and you have, um, uh, rent and all this, all this stuff. Um, it puts a lot of pressure just to continue, continue going. Um, but when you don't have those pressures, what, you know, what happens? So looking forward to that, that's more of a, more of a lifestyle thing, but uh, mm. also allows you to age a beer for five years or, you know, my daughter's beer is now, now in the house. So we have you know a beer that'll be aged for 21 years until she's 21. And that's, you sure. know, that beer's in there and it's 12 years old now. So wow. it's kind of project projects like that.
1: Talk to me about um, keeping that barrel alive. Is it a is it a proper like whiskey wine barrel? And do you top it up at all? Like how do you how do you maintain that for twenty one years? Or is it a bottled beer?
2: Yeah. So it started off as a uh, so the the grain bill was kind of mimic bourbon. So sixty uh, percent corn, forty percent uh, barley, and we um, this was brewed at the brewery when she was born in two thousand eleven. And, um, then I went into, so fermented out of the is for 21% out of the, uh, out of the fermenter. It's closer to, I think, 19%. Wow. It went, uh, into <laughs> brand new, uh, John and I char. have a name
1: for this beer, by the way, John and I have a name for this beer, but we'll tell you later.
2: Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: that's amazing. So
2: Went into the same barrels that bourbon would go into. So new, uh, new American oh. oak, uh, alligator char. Wow. And then, um, Sat there for about, I think five years. Was getting topped up, so it went from say six barrel, six oak barrels to uh, five oak barrels, and now it went down to four oak barrels. Um, basically, we it's been transferred into different wet bourbon barrels. I think it's been transferred five times, um, so about every year and a half, it gets got transferred, and now it's just kind of reaching that level of oxidation and I think perfection that. I just want to. I want to like freeze time. I also want to freeze time with my daughter too. Like that's scariest whole thing. She's oh, yeah. twenty one years old. Uh, yeah. but now it's just in a, in a stainless tank, uh, topped you know all the way to the top. Um, you know, two hundred and eleven gallons in there, and then uh, a few keg, a few topping kegs for the the little pours that we'll we'll take off from time to time.
1: That's that's fucking amazing, dude. So yeah, man. Way to figure out how to keep projects like that going like that was the kind of stuff when that's one of the things I miss well when we started what's funny is we started in twenty eleven so carton is exactly as old as your daughter um, awesome. but when we started, I'd always think of those projects we should do now and those projects I'd like to do down the road, and even if we started them, you know your your brain goes somewhere else your brewers change, you come back, you find a barrel in the back, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And you find all the notes. And you're like, oh, well, here's what we wanted that to be. And then you taste it, and, you know, it's never what you wanted it to be. Sometimes it's great, and you can do something amazing with it, and sometimes it isn't. But every time I've looked out past three years, my own weird attention span has... You know what I mean? It's almost like I need somebody in my life to be like, "Don't forget this one, Augie." You know what I mean? Because I'm kind of very project focused, and I forget everything else. Good for yeah. you for keeping it alive and taking care of it. I should I should have timed something to one of my kids' events to remind myself every year. That's it's awesome. Kind of,
2: yeah, it's more of a more of a personal thing at that point rather than a.
1: You know, if, yeah, but if you are trying, if if trying
2: to live on that, you know, it's not going to do it for you. Yeah, but I am um, so easily a... distracted.
1: I am. I am a. I have terrible follow through out past your standard one year. You know what I mean? It's just my own problem. I am not. I am not asking you to solve it, but I. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. Good for you for doing it and seeing it through. I love it. Right. That's so neat. I am definitely going to beg for a taste of that in <laughs> nine more years.
0: Yeah, yeah sure.
1: nine more years. That'll be, I can't wait to see where that thing goes. And you know what you have to do? Can you do me a favor? Find a plastic topped cork to bottle it with.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: So so that we all know the torture one more time. That's so cool. All right, John Hall, you've been a complete gentleman. And let me ask every question. What do you you want to know from Patrick Rue as we
0: wrap this up? I wanted to know if Cass had a letter.
1: Cast checked out when we Cass made it. Cass totally of him. checked yeah. out. I, Maybe he finally found a Sammy Claus and he's fucking as drunk as I am right now. He is Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah. Um dude, how I, about let's let's talk about the fact that with the opportunity to talk to Patrick Rue, Justin Kennedy a hundred percent sabotaged us because he gave us a beautiful little brown four percent chugger as a total lead into Buddy, immediately throw the anchor out and don't drift in ashore at forty miles an hour, Augie. So I move from tanking the the word Brown, and all of a sudden, like this is tasty too. And I've put a fucking fourteen percent two glass of beer in me in twenty minutes.
0: Damn it! Um, No, it's it's fun to listen to Patrick and knowing you know the early days of his brewing and and the the other projects along the way and. uh, the involvement in Moonlight and now, you know this this new uh, brewing project. Like you keep coming back to it, and you keep finding ways to. Um, it seems to satisfy your own, you know, curiosity and your own desire to uh, to be making beer. And I, I I I I've always admired that passion about you because you know I talk to a lot of brewers who on any given day or, you know, frustrated with sort of the, the, you know, the BS that exists in the world. And I get that with, with any job, but I think it listening to you and, and talking about just that, um, that, that beer for your daughter and everything is like the long-term commitment and the long-term um, enthusiasm uh, to it, it. It It's restoring my faith in beer, just, just that little bit. So um, well, thanks thank for that. You. Cash, you got a letter. I see you're back. That's- Unfortunately, we do not have okay. a letter. <laughs> so if okay. you would like to write us letters, love letters, hate mail, questions, okay. hell, steal this beer, podcast at gmail.com. Um hit us all on the social medias, Twitter, Spache Libro, Instagram at steal this beer. See what we're drinking on untapped. I gotta catch up on that. And <laughs> Patreons, Patreons, thank you guys so much. Thank Those- you. Dollars and, and five star Go reviews. A long way.
1: Yeah, five star reviews help. Money and five star reviews. Money better. Five star reviews also good.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right, Patrick, we really appreciate you Thank coming you, on.
1: Sorry, somebody Sammy Claus botaged you.
0: Oh, I, I didn't know he was supposed federal. to do that. I, I missed that he was supposed to do the reveal. I was just more excited that he nailed it, and I couldn't. I I my excitement. Excited.
1: What's funny is when he did the reveal, I wasn't sure he had like who ah. was like i think it might be sammy claus
0: i was like my jaw my jaw dropped
1: what is that word <laughs> i think the only other person we had guess uh was uh mr cook there from sam adams at one time
2: <laughs> that's why i mentioned five other different beers just in case you know, <laughs> just to cover to, your ass to no, those ones I, yeah, yeah.
0: We, that we was damn the impressive. impressive we know the impressive. Promouf,
1: but i've never even heard of this beer so the fact that you knew it well enough to call it out you know I'm shocked I'm shocked and I definitely don't think I want to get to know this beer better I am way too cheery anyway y'all we appreciate you being here Mr. Rue we appreciate you joining us Mr. Hall we appreciate you being on the show Cass love you Kennedy try harder next time um alright y'all get at us cheers